What could indigenous plant and animal medicines and psychedelics do for you and your health at midlife? Find out in this episode. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. I'm so grateful that you are choosing to spend this time with me. I have something very interesting for you today. Some of you have reached out on social media with questions about plant and animal medicines, indigenous ones, and psychedelics. You've heard about all the research that's being done and the new indications for plant and animal medicines and some psychedelics. And you're wanting to know my opinion and experience. And I'm wanting to share that with you today. So that's exactly what we're going to dive into. My guest today is a, a colleague and friend who has a lot of experience in this realm. She actually was the medical director of Plant Medicine Group in Peru, where they had healing retreats for people with autoimmune and other diseases. And she saw some miraculous things happen. And so it's become a part of the practice that she personally uses and uses with her patients. I'll tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. Dr. Carolyn Masseri is a former colon and rectal surgeon who had a drastic awakening about the truth of her role as a physician that transformed her health, her life, and career. Her journey speaks volumes about essential tasks in life that women must overcome to heal and achieve the brilliant health that is their birthright. She supports busy professionals to help them have energy, better moods, and a healthy body. In addition, in 2015, she became aware of the healing power of indigenous plant and animal medicines and psychedelics and became the medical director for a plant medicine group in Peru. There, she organized healing retreats for people with autoimmune diseases, Crohn's disease, autoimmune thyroiditis, and chronic fatigue, and working with a group of Shipipo curanderos who specialized in plant medicines from the jungles. She witnessed people with miraculous changes, and some got better in just six weeks. Welcome, Dr. Carolyn Masseri. Thank you. Very excited to be here. It's not often I get the opportunity to talk about this, you know, Almost every time we have any kind of get together with the mastermind, we always try to, I always try to talk about this kind of stuff because it is the cutting edge right now with medicine when you really look at it. And we've been looking at jungle medicine for a really long time. You know, we've tried to find cancer cures and all sorts of things like that with jungle medicine. But what we haven't really looked at is the fact that in virtually every advanced society that has ever existed in the world, going all the way back to the beginning, there has been a role for psychedelics. And we're the only ones that don't do it. Americans, you know, really, when it comes down to it, the Europeans knew about it, for sure. The Celts knew about it. 
Certainly the South Americans know about it. The Central Americans know about it. The Russians were, have, you know, the, the word shaman comes from Russian. So there's been a psychedelic factor in pretty much every religion and every society that has existed. And we're the only ones that have been missing it. And it's not a big surprise that we're depressed, <laughs> we're anxious, <laughs> we're sick, we're not healthy, we have autoimmune diseases, you know, all of these things are going on in our in our society. And it's not that surprising because we're really missing out on that opportunity to have a true spiritual connection. It's amazing. I don't think most people realize that a lot of the medicines that are now commercially available and made by Big Pharma actually come from plant and animals. Like anesthesia comes from toad venom. <laughs> That's where they <laughs> developed anesthesia from. So every day it's used globally to put people to sleep and it comes from frogs and antibiotics originally came from molds. And mm -hmm. so and, big farmers, oh yeah. Go and a lot of medicines came from herbs too, like aspirin. Right. Mm -hmm. And so big farmers always looking to exploit, if you will, nature's remedies. My question kind of is, why don't we just use the natural substances? <laughs> and now they're really, they're looking at combo, which comes from toads or frogs. They're frogs, looking yeah. at, at its elements to boost the immune system. Mm -hmm. So why don't I let you tell your story, though, of kind of your evolution with medicine? I think it's a natural evolution, don't you? Yeah. You're a basic, regular corporate doctor. You mm -hmm. realize we're not really helping anyone. We're doing pill for every ill, surgery for every symptom medicine. And then you go searching for something better, either because you have health problems or your family members, and you just get this sense we're not helping people. And then you discover a root cause resolution approach. Right. But then at some point, don't you think if you're really a seeker of ultimate health and healing that you get to psychedelics? I do. I mean, I think what it really comes down to is that there's really no healing without spiritual healing you know, when it really comes down to it. And I want to make sure that people understand that psychedelics aren't only spiritual. I mean, there's definite medicinal qualities to them. But the whole point of, of having a relationship with psychedelics is to have a spiritual awakening when it really comes down to it. So, so talk a little bit about that because, you know, historically, and there really was a, a definite separation of church and state and science mm -hmm. and religion yep. several hundred years ago. And how does that affect us? Why, you know, most people who are listening probably haven't, don't hear about spirituality and medicine at all ever. Right, right, right. And it's taboo for some people. So can you help them understand why this is and why you think it's essential? Because I feel like when you look at getting to the root cause of something, there's definitely physical, you know, that's a big part of things. And lots of people get exposed to things like toxins. And a lot of these psychedelics can help you to clear toxins out of the system. There's no question that, you know, ayahuasca does that, combo does that, and ibogaine, several of them really do help to clear, the, to clear that out. So there's no question of a physical remedy in these things. However, what we don't have for most of us is we don't really have a true spiritual connection. We get caught up in silly things like our emotions, <laughs> which, you know, emotions are, are important and we need them. But at the same time, we don't want to live our whole life out of our emotions. We want to, you know, we want to be, we want to have some level of rationality when it really comes down to it. And if we don't have a connection with some higher power and everybody gets to define 
to me personally, everybody gets to define their higher power. I spent some time in 12-step programs, and I would say that one of the things that makes makes or breaks you in this 12-step program is having a belief in something that is higher than you, because let's face it, we're very imperfect as human beings. We're, we're imperfect and we struggle and get frustrated with our imperfections. And having that higher power allows us to see that there's a quote by the Buddha that basically says, you can search the entire world over and not find somebody more worthy of love than you yourself. And we forget, and we forget, and we forget. And a lot of us, we meditate, we pray, we turn our lives over, we surrender. And then something happens and we pick it all back up again. And we need a place to go. We need a, a place in ourselves that allows us to have that connection to something greater than ourselves. Yeah, that's a beautiful quote. And, you know, I think some people hear this and they think, oh, well, you know, I'm this religion. I have a, a connection to something greater than myself. Can you just explain what's the difference between religion and spirituality? And right. yeah. yeah, I'm not here to convince somebody to not be, you know, not to follow their religion. Absolutely not. I'm here, I think, more for the people who are seekers. You know, and many of us are seekers when it really comes down to it. I spent much of my life seeking. I started out Catholic and went through <laughs> almost every other religion. You know, I dabbled in Catholicism, Episcopalianism, Baptist, non-denominational Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, I've looked at all of it. So I consider myself a seeker. And the truth is, it all came back down to the fact that I believed in God and that God was an important part of my life. And how I choose to relate to God is, is maybe what's different, but the God that I had in all of those places was the same. Okay. And so back to the psychedelic medicines, mm -hmm. what are they doing? Because I think a lot of people have an idea when they hear psychedelics, they think of the 60s at Woodstock, people mm -hmm. writhing and acting crazy, crazy and yeah. getting high. And so what does that mean? What does psychedelic mean? What's What are they doing? Well, psychedelic basically disconnects you from your brain in some way or another so that your brain kind of is allowed to imagine greater than what we normally will allow it to do because we again we, we're very imperfect and we have a lot of emotions and we have a lot of places in ourselves that we have developed a certain way that we do things right and we mm -hmm. most of those things came from our parents our grandparents our teachers our our friends you know we by the time we're 30 or 40 we've developed a certain way to be and we're not even really sure where we got it from, right? And right. one of the things about psychedelics is it allows you to kind of disconnect from that and your brain to just kind of do its own thing. And, so do and you your think body may or may not have a reaction to that. You know, it depends. Some of the medicines have far more body reaction than others. Do you think it's fair to say that it's basically telling your conscious mind, your ego to go sit in a chair and be quiet and letting yeah. your subconscious that really runs the show yep. reveal itself. Do you think that's fair? Well, I think that's a fair thing to say. And, you know, I, I think, you know, that's a definitely a topic to get into is, is what runs the show exactly. And a lot of people spend time trying to figure out how to get rid of your ego. Mm -hmm. Don't bother. You need it. 
It has yeah. to do something, right? It's <laughs> it's not there for nothing. So, you know, I hear a lot of people, especially, you know, I think particularly when I was studying Buddhism, a lot of people there, they strive to get rid of their ego. And what's kind of nice in in when you're on psychedelics is that the ego is not the boss. And so it's fine to have an ego. It's not good to have an ego that runs everything for you, but you have to have one. It protects you from some of the crazy things that can happen to you in life. So it's a little bit, it's maybe sometimes a little over rational or over worried about things. But if you learn to have a relationship with your ego that allows it to be there when it needs to be there and you don't pay attention to it all the time, that's going to be a happier life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, when you're in, when you're in psychedelics, is it even the subconscious? I don't really even know. I have a feeling it might be something even deeper down than the subconscious, at least in certain circumstances. I've certainly, it has depended for me on which psychedelic I've chosen to use, what dosage I'm using, who I'm working with when I do it. You know, I find if I'm working, if I'm by myself, it is a different experience than if I'm in a room with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And also it depends on what those other people are doing. For the most part, I would say that I think there's something that's even deeper. That's like this, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe it's the spiritual mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the part of you that knows that you have always been loved. It's the part of you that knows that you don't have to deserve to be loved. It's the part of you that knows that no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, you're loved, you're taken care of, you're connected to everyone else. And to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And something larger than you. Yeah, exactly. We don't have that experience without, I mean, I know people can do it with breath work. I've seen it. I've done it. I think you can do it with breath work. I don't think you have to take a hallucinogen to have an experience, Mm -hmm. but I find that you know, certain hallucinogens just really give you that connection. Mm-hmm. But of course, the other thing to look at is for all of us, I think there's always the possibility to have what we call, I don't know, I don't want to call it a bad trip because I don't think there are any bad trips. But there are, I certainly have had experiences in medicine where I was frightened, where something came up for me that was very scary for me. But the reality was that I needed to connect to that thing in order to see that even in that situation, I was loved. It may not happen in the journey. That's a lot of, I mean, we haven't talked about integration very much, but after you go on your journey, there's integration. There's like sitting down with somebody and saying, here's what I saw. Here's what happened with me. Here's what I'm thinking. And, you know, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure how this is all going to play out when it really, you know, when it really comes down to it. Why do you think that, plant medicines and psychedelics could be particularly used for for women at midlife. I think that's a big change in our lives because we go from being fertile and moms and, you know, there's a certain expectation of us in our Mm -hmm. fertile years that changes when we get into more of that menopausal, postmenopausal, perimenopausal stage in life. One of the things that happens too is that, you know, we've spent most of our lives for good or ill, being victims to our hormones as women. People make jokes about it, right? Oh, she's on her period. Don't go near her. You know, 
oh, she's got PMS. Yeah, we'll just, we'll deal with her next week. You know, and men definitely make fun of us for it. You know, oh, 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 I saw the tampons in the bathroom. I'm just going to like go somewhere else for a week. And then we get to this place where we're no longer doing that. Mm-hmm. Where there's our rhythm changes in our lives. We no longer have that cycle that goes up and down with our hormones. And we start to get a little bit less worried about things, a little bit less involved in things, a little bit less run by our hormones. And then we lose our hormones and we and we can get pretty moody because we don't have a good balance. So I think that's a great time to really develop, redevelop our confidence in ourselves or if we never had it, to develop that confidence in ourselves, right? I think, I personally think menopause has been the best thing that ever happened in my life. Say more. (laughs) I'm sorry, because... Say more. Because like I said, I was no longer like in that position of having to worry about, did I get my period this month? Is it late? Is it early? Am I having symptoms? Is it, should I worry about that it's longer than usual or shorter than usual or... Is there some possibility I got pregnant and didn't plan it? You know, like all of that stuff went away. And in the beginning, it was unpleasant. You know, I'm not going to say it wasn't unpleasant. Before I figured out how to balance my hormones out and get my, you know, my progesterone levels at at a place where I could actually like not feel too angry all the time. (laughs) Because I think progesterone, (laughs) what's nice about progesterone is it's kind of the feel-good hormone if you do it right, if you don't take too much. If you take the right amount of progesterone, it really can make you feel very pleasant, very peaceful. Yeah. The other thing about menopause and midlife is that, I don't know, I kind of got to this place, Oprah calls it the fuck it 50s. It's like, you just don't care what people think or say anymore. And you're like, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be who I came here to be because, you know, you don't have forever. (laughs) Right. And it is kind of a liberating time. But the other thing that I came up against was, well, what is it that you want to accomplish in this life? And why aren't you doing it? What's stopping you? And so that's kind of the other appeal to me of plant medicines. And one of the reasons I decided to start talking about it publicly is because if you go online, I think that there are lots of people interested in these types of technologies, including women at midlife. But if you go online, you think it's all like tech guys in Silicon Valley and young people doing it. And all the podcasts that talk about it is like it's guys and young guys and techie guys. And you don't see women at midlife talking about this, but there are lots of us out there using these technologies. And I just think it's time that I'm going to start talking about it more publicly so that women know what's available because it literally has transformed my life as much as functional medicine has, these Mm -hmm. have too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure where I would be right now if I hadn't, you know, one of the opportunities that I had when I was in Peru was I got to sit in ceremony every night with a shaman and I didn't Mm -hmm. drink every night. I didn't take ayahuasca every night, but I probably did. I probably sat in 20 ceremonies where I drank. And so, and when you do it day after day, after day, after day, it's a different experience than just coming into it and going, you know, like the first time I did it, it's kind of funny that you say that the first time I did it, I did it with a bunch of Silicon Valley guys. (laughs) Of course. It was me and one other woman who wasn't techie from Silicon Valley. And then the rest of them were guys. And they had all done, you know, LSD and they were like microdosing, which I had never heard of. I didn't even know what microdosing was. 
<laughs> and, you know, so I did, that was my first experience was to spend 10 days in Peru with a bunch of, of Silicon Valley guys. And, and it was an interesting experience, but I was definitely the oldest woman there. I was the only person, you know, who was postmenopausal. It was a different experience than I kind of thought it would be. And, and it was great. You know, it was an amazing experience. I mean, just really to be in the Sacred Valley in Peru is so extraordinary. So that was so worth it. But, you know, that was like we did, I don't know, maybe did we do two or three? I can't remember. Two or three ceremonies over 10 days. Plus we mm -hmm. did um, Wachuma. What's the other word for that? Um, San Pedro. San Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is important? Maybe you could name some of the, talk a little bit about the research that's being done and some yeah. of the things the FDA is getting ready to approve and a little bit about that. So one of the first things is that we now have approval to do research with psilocybin, which is the main ingredient in mushrooms. So that's one of the biggest things. If you go back, it's interesting. If you go back to the 60s, they did a lot of research with LSD. LSD just, you know, it is a psychedelic, but it's not a natural. It was made in a lab. So it's a little bit different than using something that's naturally grown. So, but there was lots and lots and lots of research done. Unfortunately, it was done very irresponsibly. And because of it, because people were injured by it, because the guy who ran the research lab at Harvard was not responsible and didn't always tell everybody the truth and, and didn't seem to have an understanding of what dosages were good for people, the federal government decided to make psychedelic research illegal. So we went many, 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 many years before we were allowed to really do anything. And then one of the first ones that was available for research was MDMA. It's also, I think it's ecstasy or it's, it's at least one of the components in ecstasy. So that was one that was allowed to be used in the research laboratories, but only in very distinct places with very, you know, a lot of pre-planning and a lot of approval from the government and all of that kind of stuff. And then now we've got a lot of places that are doing psilocybin research. And then if you go outside the United States, there's research in, in many other plant medicines. So there's been some research with something called Ibogaine, which is a natural, they're doing a lot of research with that in Mexico, still not legal in the United States, although like, pretty sure there's places you can go and, and do it here in the United mm -hmm. States. It's not legal. One thing that's also happened is that the, a lot of people have made it a religious requirement for them to be able to do mushrooms or to be able to do peyote. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have made it a religious requirement. And so the government's had a hard time with that because technically these people aren't wrong about that, that it's been used I mean, really, like I started off at the very beginning of our talk, psychedelics have been used as a spiritual experience in every society from the very beginning. Except America. Except America. Well, except, well, the Native Americans. The Native Americans yeah. did. Right, right. Right. There's some really good books out there about how, you know, the impact that psychedelics have had on religion. So if you really look at even... I don't want to get too, I don't want to disturb too many people. But if you look at the host in the Catholic church and a lot of the Christian churches, you know, the, the, the wine and the, and the bread, those have all been toyed with in the past with psychedelics. Yeah, lots so. of intertwining and references that are 
veiled mm-hmm. and not direct in a lot of religious texts about these medicines. There's a guy, I can't remember the name of the book. I'll, I'll send it to you. There's a guy who wrote a whole book about how the Catholic Church initially did use psychedelics and then they scrubbed the whole thing clean. They took every reference to it and put it in a vault and that was the end of it. But the vault is still there and he got access to it because it's in the Vatican. Interesting. So pretty interesting. Definitely share that book. All right. And so the average person, you know, we've got our wonderful midlife women listen to this podcast. They want to know about balancing their hormones. So I definitely want to touch on do these psychedelic medicines relate to hormone balance at all? Is there any benefit to be had regarding hormone balance with psychedelics? I think the answer to that is still to be determined. If you look at when when we were in Peru, it's not just the psychedelics, but there's a lot of other medications. And there was, there's in Peru, it's interesting, there's way more psychedelics than just ayahuasca. But very few of them get talked about because ayahuasca kind of, I think it it, it got picked up by the the Silicon Valley guys, and they made a big thing about it. And then everybody wants to go to Peru. And and I think that kind of psychedelic tourism isn't actually beneficial for us when it comes down to it. But I think if you look at it, they have other medications that are, you know, other plant medications that are certainly beneficial for balancing hormones. So there's no question that in the Amazon, they say there's a medication for absolutely everything that ails human beings. Any in particular that relate to hormones that you want to mention? I'm just curious. Not that I really am familiar with. I haven't really seen it. I mean, I do think, I think again, any of these things that are going to support your emotional balance and your spiritual balance are going to support your hormone balance because ultimately the biggest thing that happens to us that can cause real problems with hormone balance is stress and overproduction of cortisol. So anything that's going to lower your stress, make you less worried every day. My sister finds it amusing because I joke about the fact that many of my patients are what you call the worried well, right? But they are the worried well. You know, it's a little bit maybe dismissive because their worry is what's contributing to their medical problems. And so when we teach people, you are connected. There is a power higher than you. You are loved you are taken care of. There is hope for you. There's, then I think that's the biggest thing is if you get that cortisol level balanced and you start to understand that you don't have to worry about everything, you really don't have to worry about anything, right? It'd be good if I could remember that every single day. And I don't, right? We don't. Right. I think you're so right about the cortisol. And that's what I was thinking. That's how these relate. And also giving you this experience of being connected to everyone and everything and something greater than yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I know I was a terrible worrier. And, you know, there's this saying uh, in 12 step that if you don't have a God, then you have to be one. When you think you have to be God, you try to control everyone and everything all the yep. time. And it's an impossible task and you exhaust yourself and you make yourself crazy. Mm -hmm. And you also don't accept yourself and love yourself. And so for me, the the plant medicines give me, I had never had that experience. I know some people have them spontaneously, like you say. 
And so once I got a God, I didn't have to be it. And I could just let things go. And it just wasn't that big a deal. And I also yep. started really loving myself and accepting myself just the way I am, my imperfect self. Right. I see that with so many of the women at midlife, our self-talk is horrible. Like yep. we wouldn't talk that way to our worst enemy. Yeah. And we're in our heads doing it. And so to me, these medicines really help tone all that down and give a reality check. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about that is that we think that the thing that happens to us at midlife is we lose our, our estrogen. Yeah. For most of us, we had way too much estrogen to begin with. So maybe a little less estrogen is good, but the hard thing is we lose progesterone and we lose testosterone. Yeah. So, and testosterone is like, you're like, go, go, go. I'm the hero. Like I can do this. You know, we can't live without it. And it doesn't occur to us as women that testosterone is that important to us. But, you know, I remember you sitting down and saying to me, I, you know, to me, I just can't even imagine not giving somebody testosterone if they, you know, if, if their levels are low, it just doesn't make sense. And yet, when we look at how most people balance women's hormones, they're not using testosterone or they're using so much testosterone that it kind of pushes them in the other direction. So, so true. I'm a big fan of balance. I think, you know, I think you got to have everything all kind of tested, put together, sort out what makes somebody feel good and makes them feel mm-hmm. like they, they're in charge of their life and doesn't make them feel like, killing somebody when they're driving on the highway. <laughs> yeah. You know, got to get it just right. You got to get so it just right. I'm just thinking, what do women listening want to know? Probably some people never even are unaware of mm. the changes that are happening with research and approval and medical indications for these medications. And now that maybe their interest is a little peaked. Well, I wonder if any of these could help me. Where right. would I get that, Dr. Carolyn? How do I find out more? Where would you direct them to find out and get more information on this? So the people who have been doing this kind of stuff for the longest was probably MAPS. And you can look them up pretty easily on the internet. And they are training more and more and more people in in how to work with psychedelics. They started out with MDMA. Like I said, that was, you know, kind of the big, that was one of the things that you were allowed to do. And now they're shifting so that they're starting to do some psilocybin, which is, like I said, the active ingredient in mushrooms. Because what psilocybin has been shown is to help people with depression and anxiety. And that frequently what they're finding is if they do the right dose, one time can shift somebody right out of. And in the past, the only thing that we had that did that was electric shock therapy. Wouldn't you much rather do a mushroom journey than electric shock therapy? (laughs) Yeah. And then also for addiction, some incredible Ibogaine, ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. like cocaine addicts and methamphetamine, one trip and they're healed. Yep, exactly. Pretty and amazing. I, you know, I, I do want to caution people though that it doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that even if you do get significant change with the first journey, we all have a backslide ability. So it's good to have an option to be able to participate again because we, the one thing, it's really funny. I think from the moment we're born, the thing we forget almost every day is our connection. And, and I have to remind myself before I go to bed at night, I have to remind myself connected. 
When I wake up in the morning, I have to remind myself I'm connected. When I'm in traffic, trying to get to work, and it's crazy, and I can see like some horrible thing happened on the other side of the highway, I have to remind myself I'm connected. I'm not in charge of all of this. I don't have to fix it. <laughs> Such a good reminder. And just for everyone, MAP stands for Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. It's MAPS.org. And thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Carolyn. Where can they find out more about the work that you're doing? I'm still working on my website. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, still don't, I still don't have a website. I'm going to get that set up really soon. So the best way to find me, I think a lot of times I'm on Facebook, I can be found there. And the other place that you can find me is I'll send you a link for the page for my um, practice better page and they can get more information about okay. me there. What's your, so, your uh, Facebook page? I think it's uh, Carolyn Misery MD. All right, there you go. Thank you, Dr. Carolyn. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. I hope you found this information important and interesting, and maybe your interest is piqued. I would definitely check out maps.org for the latest information on these medications, the trials that are underway, and and really the state of the art of the data on these plant and some animal medicines. And I look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, peace, love, and hormones. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.